Welcome everybody to the Medici podcast. This is episode 25. And today on the panel, I've got Sav, the co-founder of Kingdom NFT, another NFT community with traders, builders, and investors. Buckle up. We're going to have a conversations about NFTs and all the related stuff in that landscape for a whole hour. Enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome here to the live panel. I'm here with Sav, the co-founder of Kingdom NFT. I'm very uh, pleased to have you here on today. Welcome. Awesome. Awesome. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah, pretty excited. Yeah, likewise. So we're going to spend an hour talking about NFTs and uh, everything that's related in that world. So I think how every uh, episode goes, I ask, how did you get into the crypto world? How did you get uh, acquainted in this uh, chaos, I should say? Yeah. <laughs> so I hopped in in, in uh, 2016 and man, like, so ETH was like $80 at the time, $90 at the time. And my buddy was talking about it and... My buddy had been talking about crypto since like 2013 and I just never had, you know, spare money to really hop in. So 2016, 2017 happened. I start buying Ethereum. That was what I was told is like, you know, the future money, right? Like all these things yeah. never, ever used it at all. Right. Like there's no MetaMask. There's none of that. Like, at least in my life, I'm sure it existed, but no usage at all. And I ride the wave up to like basically just dollar cost averaging, but I ride the wave up to basically like 30K and everything crashes and I'm making no money at this time, right? So 30K is like literally life-changing money to me. Yeah. And I ride the wave back down to like three grand, right? And so like, that was like 2017, that was that last crash. And, you know, I'm broke again and I'm like, what the fuck? Salty, but what am I get? like, what's the point of selling three grand, right? Like eventually it'll come back or it doesn't, but you know, there's no real benefit to having like three grand when you used to have 30, right? Like it just doesn't move the needle. So we just leave it in. And then, you know, the last two years have been, you know, popping back off again, right? Like I had around like 30 ETH. And so that was like cool to have. And then, you know, that obviously is exploding and yeah, just started like flipping and getting involved with the space and it's been a blast. All right, dope. And uh, when did you get acquainted with NFT trading? So NFT trading was, you know, in early December of 2020, the people drop $1. I missed it trying to put in a credit card. And so just, uh, yeah, that was that was the beginning of that. And then my first ever NFT is a two of three from PAC. And PAC did like a piece called The Lucky. And they happened to tweet saying like, here's the links to all these pages, like the back end. Nifty Gateway does a thing that was like redirecting you off the page, but I was already on the page. So I literally, I'm just spamming like the buy button and I managed to hit like a one of three from him. So like, that was like my first ever NFT. I mean, I have the tattoo. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry, is that, there you go. That shows for the, the cube. Um, and so I got that tattooed because just no matter, like, you know, the artwork might not be legendary. It might not be the rarest NFT, but you know, it's just the first. So I did that. And, uh, one of them sold for like 10 grand. And again, like this is pre ETH taking off again. This is like ETH is still, I don't know, say 1100 or, or yeah. close to that. So to see something sell for 10 grand, I'm like, fuck man, I'm in the green. <laughs> so he had an open edition for 500. I was like, fuck it. I'll buy the open edition for 500. Mm -hmm. Um, that open edition was trading at like, I don't know, 15, 20 grand at one point, like while everything like bubbled up, but didn't sell. <laughs> yeah. Just hoping for it to go a little higher, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but how did you actually find out about NFTs? You were in the right circles, essentially, I'd assume, because I mean, that's quite early December 2020. 
Yeah, so so Wiz is just like a monster. He's another one of like the owners, and this man is like always on top of things. He's one of those people where like I've really realized that no matter what's going on, there's some some way to make money, right? Mm-hmm. And he is, I I want to say like one of the best. Like when he's tapped in, like he's one of the best of all time at just making money. And so he was talking about digital art. I'm sitting there going who gives a shit about digital art? Like, I'll just, I'll just screen save it. Right. Like, like it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, long story short, just hop in, start collecting on nifty gateway. Things go absolutely nuts. It's easy. Once you're like playing with play money to continue. Right. Yeah. So you just kind of like keep snowballing it and yeah, started collecting on there. And then we started like helping other people get involved in the space, become pretty competent in terms of like speeding up gas transactions, safely housing your crypto, you know, not your keys, not your crypto type shit, right? All the yeah. different like safety avenues for, you know, beginners. So start trying to like push that. But yeah, yeah. Right. And what do you think are some fallacies within the NFT space when starting out that people say that deem to be true, but actually are not and actually making it work as NFT trading in particular? Yeah. I, I, so, I mean, a lot of it is just based on like the meta at the time, right? Like there was a time period where, so, so my first real mint off of nifty gateway because nifty gateway is a credit card platform um it's phenomenal you can use eth you can use balance you can use gemini balance so that Mm -hmm. like opens up a whole bunch of other cryptocurrencies um you can use a credit card you could use a debit card right but you can buy never interacting with the blockchain so no metamask if you don't want to and it's great so it's a regular checkout process though right like it's the same as like buying like a pair of shoes without shipping right because it just goes directly in your account now when you mint as we know on MetaMask, right? Like you have to gas the transaction, all that kind of stuff. There was a time period where you could mint anything, right? Mm -hmm. So my first NFT is Pudgy Penguins and I minted 20 of them. And now you're like, oh, Pudgy Penguins, those did great. The first week or two that they came out, they're sitting in my profile, not selling under mint price. And I'm like, these things are fucking hideous. And at the same time, I minted Royal Society, which was this poker one. And the poker one had these great pieces, um, you know, like the the artwork on them is phenomenal. And so I'm sitting there going like, okay, that makes sense to me because that's artwork for the 10,000. But the Pudgy Penguin's like, okay, they're cute, but like they're not this like game-changing art or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in terms of fallacies, I think for like a while there was a fallacy that you could mint anything and it was going to work out. Mm-hmm. And clearly like that was, you know. uh blown out of the water right like you're no longer seeing mints just immediately three four x and minting out at 0.5 or one ETH. um, that is all crazy um i think that for a while you know people looked at this as like a paradigm shift and it was up only up only to the right and there was no room for critiques and now you're seeing what that reaps right like you have you know people who are creating projects that are scammers right and so you can't always just trust people the due diligence that people are putting in really makes sense. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where like, as things come down, you're seeing the low tide, right? And like, you know, high tide, all ships float, low tide, you see who's basically got their pants down. Yeah. And uh, right now you're seeing a lot of companies, projects, and otherwise that are either poorly ran or just not doing super well because, oh, we only focus on the price going up and to the right. And, yeah. you know, that that's also bullshit. You have to have a reason why people want to be a part of your community. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the shift that's going on now, especially for builders. I've covered that. Talked to a couple other guys in the space. They say that building now is a completely different ballgame than, you know, building a year or two ago, because now you actually have to curate a very strong community around your project in 
in comparison to, for example, just pudgy penguins, just some AI art or just some, as you say, hideous pictures, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, let's talk about that for a second before we dive into kingdom. What do you think makes a strong community now? Or what do you think builders should do now in order to actually capture and actually create the value for people to join? Yeah, you know, so I think I think the biggest thing is don't focus on the price, right? Like don't focus on the secondary market. Don't focus on like what the floor price is at. It's not important, right? Like that's not what you're actually there for. Um, I think having like clear long-term goals is pretty good. Obviously, there's some issues with legalities in terms of promising one thing and then not being able to deliver it. So mm -hmm. you have to kind of do so in a way where, you know, hypothetically, you're like, we really want to throw a party at, say, Art Basel or NFT NYC or something similar. You have to frame it in a way where, if possible, and we hit these targets, then it will happen instead of we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And and I think you have to cover your ass, right? You don't want people to get scammed, right? But you also want to, you know, if, if you sell five of these instead of 500, you don't want to be on the hook for a $5,000 party, right? Yeah. Um, and then as far as it goes, the beginning days of NFTs, you're in the middle of COVID, everybody's stuck inside. You can really understand why people give a shit about things that are, you know, on a screen because you're always in front of the screen. You're always, you know, interacting with people from Twitter, from Discord, using that profile picture. Now, as we go outside more, right, as we kind of like resume post-COVID life, yeah, I think you have to focus a lot more on like physical in-person type offerings, right? And what that is is concerts or events or merch and like really building out a Web3 brand as people are kind of calling it, right? And, you know, I don't care for the metaverse right like i know that there's going to be a, a time when the metaverse improves but the yeah. current iteration of the metaverse like I, I don't really give a shit i, I don't also care to spend four hundred fifty thousand on a board ape at the peak to be able to use them in a fortnite video game right like i just that doesn't appeal to me i'll, yeah. I'll play fortnite right like um I, i'm fine with it but um yeah i i think you have to be pushing more for like in-person actual utility exclusive merch and doing it well um you know i mean we saw it with moonbirds where they give out a 30 dollar kotopaxi uh fanny pack it's kind of embarrassing you have a thirty thousand yeah. dollar floor you're giving out a 30 dollar yeah so there's kind of fanny yeah. pack <laughs> it is quite embarrassing but what do you think about like so during covid we did have the stimulus checks and there were of course way more money in the economy which is printed essentially well now of course it's tightening and inflation is going up you know people do have less money to kind of spend on that you know we can't you know why would people go and spend out on nfts or is it going to be only kind of focused on people who do have the money who created the wealth over the last two years like don't you think there'll be a segregation in regard i think that there's going to be you know like the the top the the s tier and the a tier of nfts and they're going to hold value and they will switch like there will be new projects that, you know, come and overtake certain ones. Do I have a bet? I mean, Board Ape seems to run a great show, right? Like, I mean, I've been there since Board Apes were five ETH and I'm sitting there going, fuck, man, that's kind of I, I was there in January of 2020. Punks were like four or five ETH. And I'm like, fuck, man, that's a lot of ETH. You know what I mean? And I yeah. said the same thing about Board Apes when they minted out and they like immediately went to like three or four. And I was like fuck man like that that's a lot of bread so i i passed um but they seem to be running and doing the right things but there will be times through this bear market where other projects up and coming are going to overtake some of these other projects that stop building or slow down or just aren't as you know drawing to the people right like i mean you have people that are like really on brand azuki and doodles are two great on brand brands right like everything they do 
Mizuki, everything is Asia focused. And then Doodles is all like fun stuff. They're doing like the mini putt exhibit in Art Basel. They said they spent millions on it. They clearly put on a good show. They're put, pulling in the right talent, right? I forget who, which rapper did they pull in to, to Doodles to help do merch? I think he does the Who Shoes, H-U from Adidas. Uh, Pharrell, no was idea. it Pharrell? I'm not sure to be fair. No, I, I'm not I, sure I can't. No. Somebody they, they pulled in somebody from from like um you know from like the music industry to help out with like merch and stuff and it was like a big draw but you oh. know it, it's gonna be those kinds of people who are building correctly doing the right things there's opportunity for you know millionaires to be made in this cycle you yeah. just have to be paying attention I mean right now dude the guy Ryan Carson every day is doing a Twitter space yeah this is you know somewhat alpha that you know it's really gonna just be legwork from whoever does it but you got to show up to the Twitter space every day you got to be paying attention you got to mint the Po app. There's going to be 750, I think, for people who have the most POAPs. Yeah. Hey, if you hustle, Ryan Carson comes from the Moonbird in, like group, right? Like he backed out of that. They're, they have 121G, which is like a giant like cryptocurrency fund. They have like 40 Moonbirds and like a bunch of other stuff. To be a part of whatever project he puts out in Q3 next year, and you put the legwork in now for literally four quarters, you could make maybe 100K. You know what I mean? Or let's say enough ETH that becomes 100K in the next bull cycle, almost yeah. definitely. Yeah. You know, it's all legwork, right? It's all paying attention and, you know, really doing what needs to be done. Yeah, I agree. And I think also during the bull market itself, there were so many opportunities where, you know, you also had to work to find them. It was not only green. I mean, if you would hustle the whole Solana NFT cycle, even if it's not that popular as ETH, you could still make six to seven figures easily by simply just scheduling your mints and checking everything out and being on, on top of everything. I agree with you right now. I don't think the market is so dead as people claim it to be. Yeah, sure, shitcoins might not be flipping right now, but I think people tend to forget that there's other things that have evolved during the last couple of years that are also raising value in this market, not just shitcoins. Um, so let's jump into Kingdom. Uh, you're the co-founder. When did it start for you? What was the whole idea behind it? Yeah, so we we started December like 2020 as like an FNF group. Um, we really pushed it out more April, May, June, right? Um, we started having like another server, and then really started to kind of like migrating. Yeah, it, it's nice having you know 10, 20 guys who are all showing up every day, putting in work, just high effort people. When it they helps make a call, on point, I guess it helps. Yes. just yeah. There's a certain trust. Um, and so for like a while, like Wiz has had other groups in the past that he's been like a part of non NFT related. So trying to get him, you know, hey, you do the work, we'll help you do the work, we'll help, right? Like, but you need to like, make the discord, you need to do this, you need to do that. Uh, Wiz was going through some stuff personally. Um, and so it just took like a little while. We end up rolling it out and then like pulling in a bunch of like sneakerheads and other flippers. I mean, it's now like 700 people. We've yeah. like, yeah, continued to like keep growing. Right now, we're in the middle of like trying to restock for 2023, uh, trying to do passes for that, which we're, we're going to do some AMAs and try and like hop into like a bunch of other groups. Uh, but I'm trying to keep it, you know, nice and affordable. If you're in the group, 0.5 for the year, 0.04 a month. Where else are you going to be able to get any, you know what I mean? Like 0.04 a month is fucking nothing right now. Yeah. Um, and so that, uh basically if you want to go monthly it'll be 0.7 a month okay. and then that's for like current owners and then i'm sorry for current members and then for people who are outside of the group it'll be 0.7 for the year right still pretty cheap and then if you want to go month to month it'll be 0.09 um 
that's just so that way if people are like a little bit you know more more tight as far as finances go um you know we're we're not i'm not trying to be a millionaire right like i'm not trying to rip anybody off i want the same way that i got into sneakers and flipping for people to have that opportunity with nfts and we're trying to bring in some other stuff because you know hey nfts are a little bit slow we i have some friends who made a ton of money we just put out a success post that's what i was getting roasted for earlier on uh some taylor swift tickets which i know are you know people yeah, get upset about that kind of thing yeah. but it's one of those things where like there's other tickets that you can make money on there's other opportunities to make money on i'm not trying to become a shoe group i'm not trying to become a cook group but at the same time like hey if you could make a couple hundred bucks because you put in the legwork why not right that's what um and then you know trying to make sure people have the opportunity to be profitable month over month and that way it makes sense to be in the group right like i'm i think i'm one of the few people here based on i interviewed a lot of other people too i did like a podcast for a bit and man the money hungry aspect on people like people are just grimy um you have people where if you don't have something to offer them they no longer give you the time of day and i'm trying to sit there and i had my life changed by whiz and my life is not i'm, I'm not a millionaire I'm not right. I'm not even like a half millionaire or whatever, but I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to get another job, whatever it is, what it is, but I'm in a much better situation because I've put in time, I've put in hustle and I've had the opportunity through a cheaper group to be able to find these opportunities to make money. And that's what I want to bring with kingdom. And I think what I really respect in you is that your transparency. So I'd say it's quite unique in this space because there's a lot of people that want to put up a show for or a facade for, you know, to capture the wrong attention or capture too much attention, which maybe they don't deserve. And I, what I've also noticed within Kingdom is you guys are super transparent on what you do and how what you look for. And I really respect that and, and how you set it up. So I had a question that was going to be coming up next. It's like, how do you differentiate from other communities? But I can answer it here is I think <laughs> transparency within your within your group is absolutely phenomenal. Like I'm, I've been part of, it, part of it for approximately like four to three months now. And you guys, yeah, you guys are pushing amazing content and, you know, there's no, I would say sugarcoating on everything. It's, it's just work and, you know, the opportunities are there. So then who are you guys looking forward to have in your community in 2023? What kind of people are you looking for? Yeah. I, so I, I really, <laughs> it's one of those things where I think hustle and ambition is, is something that is a, an outlier, right? Like it, there's a lot of people who, NFTs were fast money for a while. NFTs were easy money for a while. And through crypto from 2017 to now, you had a whitelist. You had to, like the essential, the same thing as whitelist, right? Like you had to be signing up for different signups. You had to be doing the work to be able to get airdrops, right? You didn't know which airdrop was actually going to be profitable. Um, it's, It's a lot of things that paid off in three years, four years. And there was, you know, there was some fast money throughout. But for a lot of people... I think a lot of people are going to fall off over the next couple of years with COVID. Uh, I'm sorry, with with NFTs. I think NFTs could be slow for quite a while. A lot of groups are going to suffer. A lot of groups that are trying to only do NFTs are going to suffer. You're not going to be able to, you know, whatever. Um, We've seen some restocks more recently that people are, you know, charging absurd prices. I'm trying to, again, make it as cost effective as possible for people. I want you to at least go profitable every single month, even if you're just, you know, spending a little bit of time. But you know, looking for people who are going to hustle, who are going to share other alpha, right? Like you, you want to be on Twitter every day. You want to be on discord every day and not be like, Oh fuck. Why didn't somebody ping me? Why didn't you set an alarm? Why didn't you set a calendar? You know what I mean? Like, like those are all things that like, dude, 
I used to, when I was flipping shoes and shoes are nowhere near the money of NFTs, right? Yeah. But I'd be throwing garbage and I'd set an alarm at 955 because I got to pull my phone out to sign up on the Nike app, sneakers app to then, you know, go for certain shoes. And that was my life, right? And like for a cause doll at like, you know, uh, Daniel Arsman's at 12, cause dolls are usually at like 11. Sometimes cause dolls would drop at 2 a.m. I'd set an alarm at 2 a.m. I'd get up out of bed and I'd come on the computer and I'd go for the drop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody's holding your hand. No, um, sure. it, it's just one of those things where like, you know, you, you got to have that hustle. And so I, I think hustle and ambition are like two main things. We have a lot of great guys in the group, um, some people that are probably going to surpass me in terms of like, you know, success in life. And, and you know, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Like I'm happy to be a part of it. There's a chick named Kim. And she was like 16 when I met her. And this girl was clipping like 200 shoes at a time running like bots. Jeez. And I'm like, what the fuck? I think she was saying at the time she was making like 80, 90 grand a year Jeez. after fees and everything like that. And I'm like, you're fucking 16. Like she had just came from Vietnam. Like she was like, oh, I'm a Sav's daughter. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> like, all right, cool. But, you know, it's, it's dude, that's fucking motivating, man. When you yeah. see a 16 year old making 80, 90 grand. Yeah. And I'm making, I don't know, say like 15-ish, right? Like 20. And that's a lot of work. Like she, you can't compete with bots, right? Um, right. She, But it, it's just one of those things where you're like, fuck, man. Like that's fucking impressive. So yeah, basically hustle, ambition, self-motivated. And then you keep track of your own shit. I'm not mommy. I'm not daddy. I'm trying to sit there. I'm trying to like put the right things in front of you, make you some money. That's about it. Yeah, that's, I think, I mean, yeah, I respect that so much because what you guys are doing is creating a community where people just work with each other instead of just selling a product just to have the winnings from selling your kind of membership. And with a community of 700, 800 people, you know, you can do amazing stuff. And even if NFTs are slow, at least somebody somewhere will be sharing some alpha, which could make some couple of hundred bucks or maybe even a couple of thousand bucks. So then in terms of NFTs, what are you looking out in the coming months? I know maybe you're not as... Uh, in the space right now or what are you looking out that's actually grasped your eye and you're like yeah this is what i'm looking forward to so there's been a few projects i'm trying to like there's an ai fighting game coming out that i can't think of the name um and then let me see wiz had my i think sent it to me but like so i had seen it and i had done like a write-up on it and then I can't find it, but basically you, you help program your fighter and then it'll okay. go into fights for you and stuff like that. Um, I think that's super unique. Um, for me personally, right now I'm trying to wait on certain projects, you know, Azuki doodles, board ape, board ape might be a little out of the price range in terms of like my, my own risk averseness. I might go in with like a couple of buddies to buy one if it drops enough, but it's, it's not, I doubt that board ape gets to a point where I'm casually throwing, I don't know, 30, 40 grand at the cheapest, right? Like even if yeah. it goes down to like 20K, sentiment will be pretty low. And I don't know that I'll make that gamble, but like for cheaper ones, like Azuki, like Doodles that maybe dip further, looking to maybe try and scoop those on secondary as, you know, a bear market and a recession kind of continues through the system. Um, outside of that, dude, I really, really think video games are the way towards mass adoption, right? And it was kind of a part of like one of the interviews that I was doing that really like made me think through this. And my logic is if you go to Fortnite and you play with five skins, but you own 80, you want to sell 75 of those. I don't want to sell my whole account. I just want five. Any game that has a little bit of a hit, that's like pretty good, that starts doing NFTs 
is going to like crack the mold on this because you've seen pushback from communities. But don't you want to be able to own and sell things? CSGO does it all the time, right? Yeah. Where you're actually allowed to sell individual skins. Yeah. But not a lot of other games allow you to do it. And, you know, what if skins become transferable where you own, you know, like a wrapping paper type thing, but you can use it on Halo, you can use it on Gears of War, you could use it on Call of Duty, you could use it on Fortnite, right? So now it's this like interoperability of skins. You apply yeah. that. And then on top of that, just actually getting people to do it. Right now, did you go to buy an NFT? I don't know about you, but if you were eight years old, would your parents go to OpenSea and buy you an NFT for your birthday? Like if you're like, I really want this skin and you're not. like, I play Roblox or I play Fortnite and like, mom, you got to buy this for me. Of course not. No. No, no, like they, they don't know how to use ETH. They don't know how to use Solana. Yeah. So like now you need credit card on, on ramps, right? That's a guarantee. So credit card on ramps, video game that actually does pretty well. Yeah. And my personal opinion, you do essentially white label marketplaces where you can go to Roblox.com, Fortnite.com, whatever website that your game is named after, right? Yeah. So it's not magiceden.com. It's not opensea.com. You go to that video game website. And your you mom can sit there, swipe the credit card, buy it for your birthday. Nobody's going to OpenSea to buy you your eight-year-old a video game. No 35, 40-year-old mom is figuring that out. So that's the solution that I want to see. And then once that happens and it's a good game, that's going to crack the mold open on video game NFTs. And video games are actually recession-proof. People can say whatever they want. This is recession-proof. That's recession-proof. People like escapism. Video games are pretty cheap, give a lot of utility. You get a little impulsive, you drop 60 bucks extra on a skin. That's not a $10,000 item, right? Like that's not a new car. That's not, you know, a house. It's 60 bucks. That's pretty recession proof. And yeah, I, I think that is going to crack it open. I think so. I was just trying to find, um, there was a company in the gaming industry that patented NFT software, I think a week ago for NFT tracking or something. And I think they're already making steps into that direction. And I think you're pretty right on that because it is recession proof and people love escapism. And I think, but don't you also think to some degree, it's also a Trojan horse into this, like NFTs are, were initially the Trojan horse into actually people buying digital assets to own within their metaverse. So first it'll be like multiplayer games and video games. And then later we'll have something else. I don't know, maybe something for the phone or apps within your house that are going to control things. You can buy them as NFTs. Don't you think that's also some form of way to push that onto the mass population? This might be yeah. a little out of boundaries, but if you get no. what I mean. Yeah. I, so I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of different ways. Like I come from more of the art world, right? So like, that's my beginnings. So I love the aspect of digital art, right? Like why should a digital artist who spends 40 hours making something not get paid Maybe not the same as Monet, right? Because that's how old, right? Or a Basquiat, that person passed away, right? But like, you know, look, maybe they're not millionaires because there's not going to be that same respect. Like it's still a growing industry. But yes, like I, I definitely believe in like digital ownership. I mean, digital tickets. My brother saves tickets. You now get everything on Ticketmaster. It's a fucking QR code. What yeah. if that had like a scene from a solo and that's the digital ticket. You have the ticket and it spins and then it goes and it opens and it's slashed doing a solo or something like that, right? Like that's a cool digital ticket. So now you can have the digital poster and then the digital ticket all in one. You just need digital displays. I have one. It took me a year and a half to get the fucking thing. And, you know, how many people actually have digital frames that can hook up to, you know, OpenSea or, you know, 
just period, right? Like I'm not talking, you know, eight and a half by 11. I'm talking, you know, like a full poster size, right? Like those are hard to come by. Right. So then technically in some degree, but we will see this kind of integration that maybe five to 10 years, people will be doing everything online and those huge poster sizes will be probably everywhere because it will phase out the old kind of think and the old kind of traditions within the world. Yeah. Don't you think that big names in the space, such as McLaren, Porsche, or even like figures like Ronaldo, uh, publishing NFTs could expedite regulators to make it as a security? So far, I'd say no. The The most push that we've seen so far is the most recent push, which is fraud, scam, a ton of people losing a ton of money, SBF, right? And yeah. so now Biden is finally saying, look, we got to regulate these things. I think you know securities law is going to have a lot of gray areas. There's a lot of finance things, right? Taxes, where you go, what the fuck is DeFi, right? Yeah. Like taxes are not complicated enough to understand what DeFi is. It only breaks out, you know, what is rebasing? Is that a taxable event or is that, you know, a dividend or or what is that, right? And so I think it's kind of the same where they're going to have to work with people who are actually experts in the space, figure out a more nuanced perspective of what a security is. I understand like there's like the code and, and law that comes from, you know, some old court, but it's just like th- there needs to be more nuance there, right? There's a difference between a security and Ethereum. And there's a difference between Ethereum and Bitcoin, and there's a difference between an NFT and Ethereum, Bitcoin, and a stock, right? Yeah. And then, like, what if you have an NFT that gives you ownership to a house? Is that a deed or is that a security or, you know, right? So it's it's one of those sure. things where there, there's just a lot of nuance, and that needs to be hammered out. I think, I'll be honest, us living in the Wild West has not been beneficial. Right. Yeah. It's nice because, you know, there, there's some gray areas that people have skirted. But at the same time, for the average Joe who's gotten scammed, they're sitting there going, this shit is bullshit. And if you have more eyes on it, you have more rules. I think it leads to a safer experience, which is also further adoptable. Now, dude, who wants to hop in when people just lost? Oh, this yeah. guy lost a billion dollars. This guy lost a thousand dollars. Oh, his board ape got scammed because he clicked the wrong link. No, I think some regulation will make it more accessible to the people and people want safety. I don't want to. Thankfully, I only got scammed once. One of the other <laughs> guys in the FNF group dropped a screenshot of a link and I typed the fucking link because I thought he was just like rushing instead of uh, sharing the scam with us. And he didn't say it was a scam. And uh, so no. I typed it out and it was on Solana. And so as soon as you collect connect to like a scam Solana wallet, Ooh, it's just over. Drained. Yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, why did you even share it? But whatever. I lost uh, like, ugh, like I lost like a couple thousand dollars. It was fucking rough. But that's that, that's the worst that happened to me. That's a well, trusted person sharing the wrong thing. My own opinion. I mean, you're to some degree you're lucky that you only had that experience compared to a lot of people getting yeah. their funds burned by FTX. I remember I had a quite uh, exotic experience on Solana as well, where one of my wallets got drained. Let's talk about Solana. What do you think with this whole FTX fiasco? Do you think that the whole ecosphere is going to pick up at some point and there's going to be the trust back into investing in there? I think it's still like to be determined, right? Like I think yeah, it needs a new Vitalik where SBF was like so at the forefront of a lot of Solana conversations. And you need to have the communities not migrate to another chain. 
Yeah. Because if there's no communities and there's no utility, there's no usage, then the chain doesn't matter, right? Like, I yeah. mean, we've seen this with, like, Cardano. We've seen this with, like, other pieces where, like, okay, like, Cardano has smart contracts. Nobody fucking uses it. Like, who gives a shit? And then they, everybody says it's broken. So, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, an ETH maxi, but look, if the product doesn't work, then it doesn't matter. Um, Solana was always down quite a bit. I have friends who, you know, work at Phantom, and so they're very bullish on the product. They think that it's going to continue to get more secure. I like a little bit more, you know, dive, you know, uh, what's the right word? Less centralized, more decentralized in terms of like the validators and stuff. And so that's always been kind of like an issue. But I have friends who have never minted anything on Ethereum, did the Nifty Gateway thing. You point and click on Solana and you're good to go. So he's minted Solana NFTs. It's nice and easy. You just got to be fast clicking it. So it, it's one of those things where I'm hopeful, but I think it's probably going to go down further in value. I know some people are talking like three to five dollars, just dollar cost average, man. You know, like this is this is the long term play. I guess yeah, to some degree. And do you think that other chains eventually will find uh, uses of NFTs, or do you think like we know ETH is here to stay and this whole ecosystem here to stay? But do you think in the way you see the market now that there are other chains that have this kind of opportunity to build an nft platform as popular maybe to solana yeah i so i think it's it's one of those things where like the future's multi-chain right like it's so it's so yes. you know like everybody says it but it, there's going to be a lot more interop interoperability there's going to be a lot more just you know fluidity it's not going to take you like 10 minutes to swap from you know eth to polygon or something like that it'll yeah. be you know nice and fast and so i think there's going to be chains that are going to be more adapted like ripple is you know actually utilized in the banking industry it's adapted to you know do banking stuff i am fucking completely removed from ripple um i had thought it was like a scam coin i have friends who are like super bullish on it and yeah, like the the twitter news on it is basically that it's actually getting used Hey, you know, I, I missed the boat. Maybe I'll start dollar cost averaging. I don't I don't know. I'm not I, I just like I'm so it's blackballed in my head, you know, like yeah. it's just like I'm I've kind of like rid it off, but you know, you, you just whatever makes money. I think chains will exist for certain use cases and that's still gonna be, you know, fleshed out. So is it gonna be NFTs for artwork? Is it gonna be NFTs for games? There's going to be a chain that's going to run, you know, a better video game than what you currently see. There's a reason why all the metaverses look like Roblox, right? It's because yeah. that's like, you know, just cheap, easy. That's the uh, the bandwidth that we can run currently. So I think you have to have more transactions, more bandwidth, and then you'll be able to run better video games. That chain will exist eventually. Or we run it omni-chain, right? We have Layer Zero Labs launching, and essentially if they can create some omni-chain for NFT experiences, that pretty much answers the whole question of will it be one chain or another? Yeah, definitely agree. Um, listen, for me, we talked, we had an interesting talk and I've talked about everything I wanted to. If there's any final words that you maybe want to bring out to the people who are investing or who are kind of trying to get into NFTs or this space in general, maybe you want to share something. Glad to talk about it still. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think the big thing is for me, what I try to be in the group is safety. I want people to be able to ask questions, do things in a safe manner. I'm the guy who has always been saying sell. And it doesn't always work, but money in the pocket, it, it hasn't always worked out the most optimally, right? Like sometimes if you held it a little more, you could have doubled, you could have tripled. Most projects right now, if I told you to sell, are probably lower than when I told you to sell. 
Only one, really? Bored Apes. I fucked up. My bad. But yeah. every other one, hey, wouldn't you rather lock in the profits? You know what I mean? Moonbirds, yeah. 30, 40 ETH. That's a fuck ton of money, man. You know, yeah. I was telling people, hey, macroeconomic conditions are changing. We knew this in November, December. I sold literally like half my position in November. I got Smart. lucky. You yeah. know what I mean? It was ETH was at like 3,300 on like the day that I was selling. Like we had started dipping from that like 4,500. And so maybe it was December when, when I sold. Uh, it was basically for taxes. And then I had a wedding this year. And so did that. It's one of those things where if people are telling you it's up only into the right, they're fucking lying. Yeah. And maybe you need some safety. You know, you, you need some safety. It sucks to miss out on possible profits, but if it goes down, are you going to be happy? And so I'm one of those people where if I can sell half a position, say I buy 20 pieces, 10 breaks me even, we'll let the other half ride. If we go up more, then we'll sell. I've seen every time something doubles, sell half. I, I like. I'm a little riskier than that. Um, I don't have like set rules in mind, but it's one of those things where if it's worth the screenshot, it's worth the fucking sell, you know? And so that's what I'm trying to bring to the table with, you know, my aspect of kingdom. We have a lot of guys in kingdom that have different points of view. Most of us are, you know, money in the pocket is worth a lot more, obviously. And we're just trying to be safe and help people, you know, make money on their investment with us. And we're here for the long haul, man. You know, it's, um, it's been two years and <laughs> I see the future is going to continue, but you know, we, we got alpha on DJ mints. We got the whitelist opportunities. We help people out with like the application meta, which I find I fucking hate so much of the spaces for rich people only, or like known people only. And if you're like a kid, especially like if you're a kid, right? Like a 16, 17 year old, how do you break out from, you know, the room full of adults, right? I'm fucking 30, right? Like I know the disrespect that you get as a kid. And so you know, I want everybody to have the opportunity to make money instead of just the influencers, instead of just the rich people, instead of the people who already have, right? Like I'm trying to spread the wealth. So that's basically our offering, you know, is, is really trying to just help kids change their life as much as possible, help adults change their life as much as possible. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't spend more than you have. Nice and safe. I know it's like, you know, not as bullish and aggressive as people have always been. I've always been that guy that's trying to make sure people come out of this with something, you know, um, we got some guys who became millionaires and now have like less than five figures. It's fucking rough, man. You know, they're still kids. They got a lot of time, but I know from my own 30 K to three K experience in 2017, yeah. it's fucking miserable, man. I can't, I, I don't want anybody to have to go through that. I just want people to, you know, make the most that they can and hopefully be safe about it. And if I call a sell a little early, Hey guys, my bad, but at least you pocketed some money. Right. So well that, that's really what I'm trying to do. Very well said. I think I can't stress that enough either that some money in the pocket is better than just a number on the screen. But I think maybe because people kind of, if people come from nothing in a sense, and they kind of make this life-changing money, maybe they're not instilled or they don't understand the concept that the money on the screen doesn't mean money in their pocket. And maybe that's kind of where the problem occurs that they don't actually take the profit and they just keep hoping for it to go higher. Because that's how it was for me when I started in 2017. I thought it would just go up. I was never taught to take the profit, right? So maybe that's also just another thing that they never understood. Yeah, yeah, I think... My own experience is like some lessons you just got to learn by yourself and you got to get burned a couple of times before you do it. I could sit there and scream it from the rooftops, but you know, it's one of those things where you see a couple of pieces go nuclear and you go, fuck man, this is it. I like the art. You tell yourself it's going to happen and then it doesn't and you get yeah. fucked. 
And yeah, I just, you know, trying to help people cut those corners and not make the same mistakes. But sometimes and some people, you know, hey, wildly successful. Keep on trusting in yourself. I totally get it. You know, yeah. maybe you are better than I am. But, you know, I'm just trying to make sure people get out of it alive and, you know, make as much money as possible. Sav, I really appreciate your words. I really appreciate your insights. It was my pleasure having you on the panel today. Awesome. Happy to have you in the group, man. It's uh, hopefully going to be a productive year or two of, uh, you know, NFTs before everything kind of explodes again. But, I'm, uh, you know, got to get bullish and find the gems in the rough, right? Find the gems, exactly. I mean, there's still gems here and there, right? NFTs are still flipping here and there. So it's not really, it's not fully there. You just got to put in the legwork, like you said before. Yeah. So thank you very much then. Uh, have a great day and um, all the best of luck with you. Thanks. Peace. Thanks for the opportunity.